Hi, my name is Rachel. Welcome to this Freedom Church podcast with Pastor Darren. Our heart is that this message will equip and empower you to live a life fully devoted to Jesus. Morning, everybody. If anybody was traumatized by that story, there will be a number on screen shortly that you can phone up and you can talk to um, about, about, that, about that story. But um, if you are traumatized, just let go of it. Just let go. You okay? Everybody all right? Anybody excited? Who is officially, you can go on record right now, you can officially go on record as I am excited for Christmas. You can go on, you can go on record. I'm going to go 10%. Oh, I thought it'd be more than that. More than that. Any, so we won't go into kind of like apprehensive or, or anything like that. We are, I am, it's my privilege this uh, morning to um, kind of bring, bring to a conclusion our more series. Who's enjoyed the more series? Yeah. Learning about God's more for your life. So we know that the God's more, that I am, I am qualified, I am, I, can, I am available, and I can be expectant of all the good things that God has in store for me. The Bible says that all the good things that he planned long ago for you to be involved in. Can you, can you, get, can you get your head around that, that God planned even before you, your parents planned, even before anything, even before the planning, the, the kind of stages of time itself, that God had you in mind and the things that you would be involved in. Can you get your head around that? I, I struggle. Just, just that right now, this moment, God had, God had planned this moment for good things to be in store for us. We've been reading from Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. I've got really bad um, allergies, me. Just, 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 I'm gonna let, I've got, like, sometimes when, when I eat something or if it's dusty, my lip swells up and my tongue swells up and I can't speak properly. I just went to my mum about 10 minutes ago and went, Mum, have you got any antihistamines? I forgot to take my antihistamines this morning because I can feel. So if, just, just pray for me, the Lord. Lord be with him right now. But we've been reading from Ephesians 3, verse 20, where it says that God can do immeasurably more than you can ever ask, dream, or imagine through through what the power that is at work within you. So just so you know, this morning, if you know and follow Jesus Christ, there is a power at work within you, a power that is at work within you. Not like, not like, a, like a 240 volt power or a 12 volt power, or, you know, my battery's running on empty, I've got 8% left, but a power that it is, is at work within you that never fails, never ends, never runs out, never kind of diminishes, but that power also brought creation into being. That power rose Jesus Christ from the grave. That power gave, they gave a blind man his sight, a lame man his uh, ability to walk, deaf ears opened, dead men raised. That power is at work within us. So it's, it's not kind of like you can choose, I'm going to Europe, I need to kind of get my power, my power um, voltage alternator so I can put my... Ca- that power never diminishes within you. That power is at work within you. So you can do immeasurably more. And God will do immeasurably more than you can ever dream or imagine. Who's up for that? Yeah. Yeah. Just a question for you. Who likes to be wanted? You like to be wanted? Come on, be honest. Come on, these people not with their hands up. I'm like, that. you've got to be lying. Who, who likes to be? Somebody phones you up. Somebody phones you up and says, ah, oh, I just, uh, do you fancy going out? 
or somebody phones you up and, and like they, 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 they've got a problem and, and you're the only one who can solve it. Yeah, it's never me on DIY. Nobody ever phones me up. Never, never. But you know, you know when somebody, somebody phones you up and they're kind of like, they've got something going on or they've got an issue or they need help with someone, with something, and they phone you up, who likes that? You get a sense of kind of like, you get a sense of kind of like, ah, oh, significance, value. Oh, I, I, I like to be wanted. Yeah? You're all a bit quiet this morning. You, 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 like, to, you like to be, we, we like to be wanted. We like to, I, I feel like there's a, there's a sense of with my, with my boys that, that when, when they play football, because my five and nine play football, when, when they're on the bench, because of the way that they do football now, when they're, when they're on the bench and the, the sub, either at the start or in between, they're there, on, they're, on the, they're on the edge and the coach has to keep kind of moving them out because they're on the edge because they want to be on the pitch. And then the coach says, Finn, Jotham, you're on. And that, oh, I'm wanted. I'm wanted in that position. I'm wanted in that place. I'm wanted. And you can see that little beaming smile on the face as they kind of step into it. And that, we like to be wanted, don't we? We like to feel we're needed. We like to feel we're valued. We like to feel that we can do. Somebody phones you up and like, if I phone you up and it's, it's about DIY, I phone Chris up. And it's like, Chris, what do I do about this? And he tells me, because I, I need him, I want him. And, and, and I need him in that. And here's the truth. God has an epic plan. I need to understand this morning, God has an epic plan. There's an epic plan that, that God has, and his epic plan is this, he needs to save the world. So Marvel superheroes, um, all, all the kind of, the, the Captain America, the Iron Man, who they, he, he comes down and he, and he lands, and, and it's like, they, they, really, those guys just like to be wanted. They, they like to feel, you know, with my superhero power, the world needs me. God has an epic, marvelous plan. And it is to save the world. So right back in Genesis, at the beginning of time, the world was an, an incredible place. It was, an, it was a marvelous place. And Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. Genesis tells us that they walked with God in, in the cool of the day. And then one, one day something went terribly wrong and a choice was made that didn't have to be made but was made that affected the course of humanity. But in that moment where that choice was made, where Adam and Eve bit into the fruit and they, they basically disobeyed and they, they took on and said, we could do this better. We want to we know how to do this. We want to be God. And God was saying, you don't want to be me. I just want you to be you. And, they, that, and, and in that moment, God went on this epic, marvelous, incredible plan to save the world. To bring the world back into that relationship where we, you and I, could walk in the cool of the day with God Almighty. Just wake up and just think, I can spend this day with God. I, I can spend this day with God. So he went on this to bring his kids home, to rescue, recover, and restore. And, and, and Sarah said it in a prayer about taking back land. She talks about taking back land in a, in a prayer and taking back that which has been robbed. These things that's been robbed from you. Anybody ever been burgled? Horrendous, isn't it? Twice, twice we've been burgled. Like they, they came what? They came once. And then six months later, they came back and nicked all my new stuff. It's true. And the police even warned me. And they still did it. Anyway, I'm over it. I'm over it. I prayed over my home. But it's, it's, it's awful, isn't it, to think I've been robbed. You, 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 somebody's come and took something that isn't theirs and it's yours. That's what happens. Somebody, the enemy took something from us that was not rightfully his because he had lost it with the decision he made. So he didn't want you to have it. So he robbed it from us. And God was like, I'm going to return that. 
I am going to return that to my kids. A rescue, recover, restore. And this plan is actually in motion. Jesus came um, we, we, it, over summer, over summer, over Christmas. We'll be in the nativity seat and we'll see the little manger in a, manger in a baby. Baby in a manger. I'm trying to make you laugh, but it's not working. It's not working. But we'll see Jesus in there, and, and he, he came as a baby, and he, and he grew up, and, and, and he became more, and he became more. He was God himself, and then when he was 33, he hung on a cross, and the plan was in motion. This marvelous plan where we could be forgiven and be brought back into right standing with God and, and be, become heirs again and, and step into this incredibly more opportunity. This plan is in motion. This epic plan is in motion. It's happening right now. Jesus' his life, his death, his resurrection. The Bible says in Luke 4, 18, it says, it says in Luke 4 that Jesus had come to set the captive free. The spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Jesus came to bring freedom and he did it when he died and then he rose again. And this, and God says before Jesus does anything, God the Father says to God the Son, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Do you know that God is well pleased with you? He's well pleased with you. It's almost like a teenager. I am well pleased. Do, we, do they still say that? No? Well pleased. No, you emphasize the well. Well pleased. That God looks at you not because of what you do or what you've done or, or because of what you're going to do. He doesn't like think, oh, cow, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant on guitar this morning. Absolutely fantastic. And because of that, I'm pleased with you. Because, because, of, because of Sarah, that, that prayer, get when you were welcoming people out there, absolutely fantastic. So pleased. Chris, not a good job. Sorry. <laughs> Book up next week. It's not, you know what I mean? We can have this image of God. We can have this image that it's what we do, but he's not. He's not bothered about that. He's just bothered about you and your heart, and he's well pleased with you before you do anything. And you don't have to go on a journey of proving yourself before God accepts you. Sometimes in parenting, we, we feel we have to go on a journey of pleasing our parents because it's in our very net to prove. But God says, no, 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 that isn't how parenting is. It isn't how it should be. You don't have to do anything to receive my pleasure. You don't have to do anything to receive my love. You just simply have to be you. I am well pleased. And Jesus, Jesus also, so this epic plan, this marvelous plan, this incredible plan to see people, to see people um, found, to see people rescued, recovered, and restored, this plan is in motion. This, this plan um, of, of seeing um, people's lives going from one direction, the wrong direction, to the right direction. Do you know what? God wants you to be a part of it. This is like simply where I'm getting to, that God wants you to be a part of it. That God wants you. He wants you. He, he planned things time ago for you to be a part of. This amazing, incredible thing. He needs you to be a part of it. So actually what I'm saying is, is there's many people who, need, who don't yet know Jesus and who need to know Jesus. And we're what God wants to use. We're what? We're who God wants to use. God wants to use you to do that. The Bible says that he has given you everything you need. That actually all we have to do is just ask and we'll receive. That we have absolutely everything we need need. God wants you to be a part of it. He wants to equip you and he wants to empower you. Your assignment, I have wrote this down, your assignment, should you wish to accept it, is to help rescue people who are lost, broken, captured, and see them restored to their rightful place, a, a life 
of freedom. That's our assignment. You've ever seen the um, Mission Impossible films? Your assignment, should you wish to choose, should you wish to accept it. That's, that's literally what God is saying. Your assignment. You can be a part of this. You can be a part of seeing people come to know Jesus. You can be a part of people finding their freedom. You can be a part of marriages being restored because Jesus, because that, that couple find Jesus. You can be a part of miracles and healings. You can be a part of the supernatural. You can literally be a part of the impossible. Just turn to the person next to you and think, wow, I can be a part of that. Trying to just get you to kind of, do you, do you know like the disciples? Jesus said, come follow me. They had no idea what was going to happen. They just thought they were following some guy who knew some good stuff. And they're following him. And then all of a sudden, this, this blind man walks up to them. And Jesus like picks up some dirt, puts it in, in his eyes. And the guy says, I can see. Can you imagine being the disciples? Oh, my goodness, what just happened? Can, can, all right. So, so, and then, and then they're, they're walking past. And, and this guy who's, who's got um, a withered hand, he pulls it out. And it, and it becomes an actual hand. They're like, oh, my goodness, what just happened? And then, and then they, they go to Jesus' friend, and he's, he's been dead four days. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And he walks out, and they're like, oh, my goodness, what just happened? That they were a part of this. They were a part. And then there's the, there's the, there's the crowds that, that, that were a part of this. The crowds who were sat there, absolute. fact, the Bible talks, 5,000 people absolutely starving. Absolutely starving, hungry, because they've been listening to Jesus speak for hours and hours and hours. Like grumbling stuff. You know when you start, you get, you get what you call it, hangry? Hangry sets in. And the disciples come up to Jesus and they're like, God, Jesus, these guys are getting mad. They, they need something to do. And Jesus says, what are you going to do about it? And they're like, well, you normally do all this kind of amazing stuff. What are you going to do about it? And Jesus is like, no, what are you going to do? Well, we've got this boy. He's got a couple of fish and some love. Okay, okay, watch this. And he lifts it up to heaven. He says, thank you. And then he says to the disciples, right, go and distribute it. And they've got, and they're like, what, right, like now? Just, just, it's nothing happened. So then they start walking about with it, and they start distributing it. One, two, three, four, hey, we've got more, five, six, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, and there's 12 baskets left over. This little boy stood there going, that was my fish. <laughs> that was my fish. I brought that fish. Look at me, everyone. He was absolutely a part of it and involved in it. And I just get this image of Jesus just with his hand round this little boy just going, well done, son. Well done, son, for being available. Well done for being expectant. Well done for bringing the little that you had and putting it in the more of what God has. And the immeasurably more kicked in by literally just saying thank you. And you're a part of that. And the little boy, can you imagine his story? He's in the playground and, the, and, and, and he's like kicking a ball around because they played football then. And the, the school are talking about it and they go, oh yeah, and Jesus was in. And there was 5,000 people there. And then he, he ended up with like five fishes and two loaves or two loaves and five fishes, whichever way around it was. And then all of a sudden, they, they fed 5,000 people and there was 12 baskets left over. And the little boy's going, and he puts his hand up and goes, that was my lunch. <laughs> and they're like, it was your lunch. Yeah, it was my lunch. I, I did it. I was like, this, this disciple, he came up to me and said, can I have my lunch? And at first I was a bit, yeah, it's my lunch. And then I realized, actually, I could be a part of something bigger. So I actually thought to myself, I had a bit of think about it because, you know, I was hungry myself. And I'm like looking at all 5,000 people. And I think, well, I'll just eat this. And I was about to kind of like have a bit of a bite into it. But I said, no, I better give me all. So if I only give part of it, it's a bit, oh. So I handed it over. I'm honest with you, I handed it over a little bit grudgingly. But, but the other 90% of me was like, 
go on, see what happens. Just see what happens. And then all of a sudden, I've got, I'm going home with 12 baskets. Yeah. And my mum's like, well, who have you robbed? I'm like, I've not robbed anybody with Jesus. Can you imagine that story? Can you imagine having that story that you give your all to Jesus, that you give your everything to him, and you didn't kind of hold, hold it back, but you actually like, you know what, here it is, Jesus. Here it is, Jesus. I am willing to see what you will do with my all. Willing to see what you will do with my all. I am a little bit grudgingly because I've got some stuff that I need to do, but I'll die to that and I'll give you my all. And see, see what Jesus did. They saw the more, more than they had ever dreamed or imagined. That they were actually participating in Ephesians 3, verse 20. That God can do more than you can ever dream or imagine, immeasurably more. You know, our God can. We need to believe that when we're stepping into a season of more and we're stepping into a season of grabbing hold of, our God can. Maybe just, maybe just say that, my God can. My God can. Say it like you mean it. My God can. Say it at the back as well. My God can. My God can. Turn to the person next to you and say, your God can. If my God can, your God can. If my God can, your God can. Your God can. My God can. My God can. My God can. Matthew 6, verse 13. Let me just unfold this a little bit. Matthew 6, verse 13 for you. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A little, little bit of a bit of a... For yours is the kingdom and all the power and all the glory forever and ever. So the reason I'm highlighting this is because of that word, all the power. And I, I just felt that God just needed to know that there's no power share. Yeah. I just felt that this morning, when we're thinking about my God can, you need to understand that there is no power share. Yeah. You know, my, uh, we're having some uh, building work done at our house, and um, the builder, Catherine, mentioned it. He cut through the mains power. Great. Cut through the mains power. My uh, former neighbor up, um, I've cut you through your power. She's like, thanks, I've sold my house today. Anyway, another story. So um, all, all great, all well. But this basically, each house should have had its own mains power. But the builder, 20, 30 years ago, decided to save some money. So what he did is he, is he linked at one house, and then from that house, he linked it round to, to cut costs. Okay, so that's, that's how they did it. It's common, common practice, I believe. So, but it's a power share. So the, main, the power comes into my house, and it goes round, and I, we share that power. It's a power share. I felt this morning, just as I was praying, that God wants you to know there's no power share in heaven. Right. Yeah. There is absolutely no power share. All power yeah. belongs to God. Yeah. So when, when you're faced with something, don't think that the enemy's got some power to come against you. Because yeah. all power belongs to God. Yeah. So it's not like there's 20% that the, that the enemy, the devil had, and he's got that, and, he, and God's got like 80%. And if he's having an off day and he's dealing with something over in Cambodia, he's like, oh, I can't deal with that there. I don't know why I picked Cambodia. Oh, over there. And, um, and, and the enemy's got his 20%. He's like, right, I'll go for it. There is no power share. Actually, there is a little bit of a power share. And the only power share is with you. And it's not actually a share. It's a deposit. It's a deposit of power that says, all power is mine, and I deposit in, boom, in you. And you're like, whoa, the power that is at work within me. There's no power share. There's, there's no grabbing, grabbing of power, grabbing of land. It, it is, it's absolutely not true that all, it, well, it is true, that this is true. All power. How long for? Ever and ever and ever. There's, there's not a time frame that, that actually in the next, you know, for 100 years God has it, and then for 100 years the enemy has it. And it's like, I'll just wait for my turn. It's, it's forever and ever. There is no switch over of power. 
Jesus also said that greater things than this you will do. So all the miracles, all the transformations, all the healings, all, all, the, all the signs and wonders, greater things you will do. We will show people Jesus. What did Jesus do? He showed people the Father's love. What, what, what brings people to freedom? Knowing the Father's love. What brings people to find Jesus? Knowing the Father's love. What do people need? They need to know the Father's love. Why do people need to know it? Because God loves them. God, as we head, head, head into Christmas, as we, as we do all these things, I, 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 and we, we're kind of thinking about our friends, and we're thinking about our neighbors, and we're thinking about the people in our world, and we're, we're thinking, I want them to know Jesus. How do they know Jesus? Through you. Yeah. Is, is that impossible for you? No, because there's a power at work within you. There's a power at work within you that will see and change lives. But I want, I want to encourage us this morning. I want to encourage us and I want us to grab a hold of this thought, this power that is at work within me. I want us to grab a hold of the fact that I'm stepping into my more because I'm qualified, because I'm available, because, because I know that everything that is in my past I can let go of, I can, I can step into the future. And I want you to encourage us this morning in, in the next 10 or 12 minutes just to really encourage us that there's one thing that we need to do. There's one thing that we need to do. So if you're taking, if you're taking notes, just put one thing. And, and just in, in your understanding, in your knowledge, just understand that, that everything that I've just said is that God wants you to be a part of that. He wants you to be a part of seeing lives transformed. He wants you to be a part of healings and miracles. He wants you to be a part of, of actually uh, speaking to someone over the desk at work and, and, and maybe leading them to Jesus. That actually the environment of leading someone to Jesus isn't just this environment here. The environment of leading someone to Jesus could be at 12 a.m. at night when you're just speaking to someone about something and then you share with them your story and share with them the love of God that you know and they go, ah, oh, that's what I'm looking for. It could be that for years and years and years you've been sowing a seed with a family member or a, or a friend and then all of a sudden you invite them to a Christmas nativity. And before they even get there, they just say one thing to you and you think, you know what, you need Jesus. And they say these words, how do I find Jesus? And you say, I'll help you find Jesus. And all, all those things that, that God wants us to be more apart, that's the more. The more of seeing lives rescued, recovered and restored. The more of seeing people find their heavenly father, find their purpose, find the love of God for them. Find that, be, be rescued and not live in a sense of, of hopelessness or wondering or searching for something spiritual when God is there. And Jesus is there knocking on the door and he just wants to come in and sit down and, and eat with people and, and help people and love people and support people and encourage people. But there's just one thing that, that I'm thinking about that I think we ne really need to get a hold of. Because who wants to live in more? Who wants to continually live in more? Who wants to keep going from more to more to more to more? I'm not, I'm not talking about like necessarily just filling your bank balance or your fridge. But living in God's continual more. Because yeah. we've, we've heard about all the things that what the more involves. But I, I want to live in God's continual more. Yeah. Right. I want to go from day to day to day living in God's continual more. And I wanted to encourage you this morning to look after you. Okay? So just encourage you this morning to look after you. Now, I don't mean selfishly. I don't mean like, oh, it's all about me. Like, it's just me. And it's all about me and, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, that doesn't look after me. I don't mean it selfishly. I, d I don't mean it selfishly. I mean it protectively, that you're looking after your 
heart. Because, why? Because we want to keep seeing God's more. Now let me take you to Genesis 2, 15 to 17. Genesis 2, right back at the very start of time as we know it. Genesis 2, 15 to 17. It'll come on screen there, and I'll, and I'll read it off when it comes on. We're just looking at the more. There it is. So um, Genesis 2, 15. So the Lord took the man he had made and settled him in the garden of Eden to tend, guard, and keep it. I love that. So just, and the Lord God could, command, oh, go back, go back, there we go. So the Lord God took the man he had made, and he settled him in the Garden of Eden to tend, guard, and keep it. And then he says this, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you, are, you may freely, unconditionally eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, except this one, the tree of knowledge, recognition of good and evil, you shall not eat, otherwise on that day that you eat from it, you will most certainly die. But before I get to there, let me look. tend, guard, and keep. And I wanted to just talk to us just briefly this morning, really quickly, about looking after you and the garden of your heart. Looking after you and the garden of your heart. Tending the garden of your heart. The heart, the Bible says, is the wellspring of life. And the more of God flows from your heart. If it's a wellspring, it flows from it, yeah? So it flows, it flows from it. And just, just these three things that I want us to grab a hold of, that God works, works through a well, God works through a well-tended heart. Make a note of that. God works through a well-tended heart. How, how do you get a tended heart? I'll tell you how you get a tended heart. Two, Catherine read it, 2 Chronicles 6, 19, where the God, God is looking. He's looking for hearts that are fully devoted to him. Who are, that, that heart has got, it's got to be well-protected. It's got to be tended, guarded, and keep it. And I'm going to give you keys this morning to tend, guard, and keep your heart. Is that okay? Are you ready for this? Are you excited about it? Yeah. Tell your friend next to you because she's not. <laughs> ah, joking. And then um, 10 gardening. Till, this is what you have to do. If you garden, I am not a gardener. I'm not a gardener, but I've spoke to many good gardeners. And uh, this is what, they, they, they talk about tilling the land. Tilling the land. Have you heard that? Tilling the land. And what tilling the land does is it turns the soil over. And, and if you think about your heart, if you're tilling your heart, if you're tilling, the, tilling the, the soil of your heart, what you're actually doing is you're keeping it soft and you're keeping it aerated and you're keeping it, you're keeping it pliable to the things that God wants to do. You're stopping it from going hard. You're stopping your heart from going hard. You're turning it over and you're also examining what's in there. When, you, when you're turning over the soil, you, you're examining, you're looking for like things that you maybe, like, like, we, like we, we turned over our soil in our back garden and there is so much rubbish in it. So much, you just dump it in there and you're tilling over you're like, because you're keeping it. You're examining what's in there and you're keeping it. How do you till your heart? Let me just say, you till your heart. Catherine spoke about it last week. Worship. You till your heart through worship and you till your heart through prayer. Just being in worship, being in that environment where you are totally focused on the things of God and you worship God is tilling your heart and it's keeping it soft. Tending the garden of your heart. Also water. Water your heart. So we till it and we water it. So with, with, when we're with a guy, you water it. And remember, Adam and Eve were told to, to tend, keep, and guard. Tend, guard, and keep. That's what they were told to do. And this, this is a spiritual effect on our hearts so that God can work in us and through us for all the things that he has for us and you to do. So water it. Feed your heart and soul. If you've got a garden, you've got to water it, haven't you? You can't. Summer, summer was brilliant, wasn't it? And you can't rely. You've got to water it. Hose pipe band, you've got to water it. You've got to water it. Because what, you, what you're doing is, is you're keeping it fed. The Bible says that man cannot live on bread alone, but, but only by 
by the very word of God. So when we're, when we're the water in our heart, his, his scripture, his word, because when things, when things come against you and people like speak against you with their opinion, like Kyle and Hannah, we could have an opinion over their future, but they've got a word. They, they've, they've, got a, they've got a word from God. And so you, you, could have a, you could have a dream that God has given you and you've got a God word, like the God word that, that we've got and we'll hear more about on, on Tuesday for the, the direction that this church is going on. There's a God word on it and people will have their opinion on it and people will have their thoughts on it and, and opinions are great but often useless because they're just an opinion based on someone's feelings or, or emotions, which we, which we can take a hold of and we can examine and we can pull the bits out of it that are okay. But if you've got a God word, it's like some people, some people thought, you know, they go into a relationship or, or, or they kind of attach with something on a feeling. And I'm like, what's God saying to you? Oh, I feel I'm going to go into this job. I'm going to go into this career. I'm going to go into this relationship. And my, as a pastor, my point is always, what is God saying to you? Well, I, I've not really asked him. You, you're going into a life-changing decision. We asked Kyle and Hannah, what has God said to you? Not because we wanted to keep them, like Catherine said, but because we wanted to know what God was saying. And they, 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 they came prayerfully, fasted into it, and knew what God was saying to them. Because opinion would like maybe dis disrupt or be divisive or send something often based on, on feelings or emotion. But a God word, this is what God said. And I've weighed it. I've weighed it and I've brought it to wise counsel. And I've asked them to pray for it as well. And this is what God's saying about my future. So that's the direction that I'm going. But we can only have that if we're in the word. We can only have that if we're in the word. And often what we, what we're, what we are or are not as good, we're not in the word. And I would encourage you to guard your heart. And the way we guard the heart is be in the word. And you might think, I don't, I don't know how to do that. We can help you with that. We can help you with Bible study. We can help you with um, apps on your phone. We can help you with internet pointing you in the right direction of, thing, of, of studies that are on, the, are on the internet that start you in one point and get you to another point. Because in the word is where we need to be. Because the world will throw so many opinions, so many thoughts, so many fears at you. But we need to be watering our heart and soul with the word of God. Because why? Man cannot live on bread alone. And we've got lo who's got lots of decisions they need to make? Well... We've got lots of decisions we need to make. And I'm not saying the decision of whether it's Frosties or Rice Krispies for breakfast. I'm talking about the, de the decisions of life. Even like the, 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 which mortgage company to go with. Because you, God knows things that are happening and coming. And he can, he can give us the information and the word of God on it. So we water it. The, the third thing in, in uh, tending, uh, tending our heart is prune. It's what gardeners tell me. Gardeners tell me that they till, that they water, and they prune. You know, the Bible talks about things being pruned, and it says when they're pruned, they, they, the, the fruit that comes from them is abundantly more. If you speak to, if you speak to a gardener or, or, or even um, like people who do, who do vines, they talk about pruning and cutting off. Even sometimes um, things that, that are bearing some fruit, but they'll say, if I cut it, it'll bear more fruit. And what we have to do into our heart is that we have to prune some things. We have to prune some things. Why? Because we want to live in God's continual more. We want to live in that immeasurably more. We want to see incredible things. But our, and our hearts are important because it's the wellspring of life. It's where everything comes from. So we prune. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about like cutting your finger off. That finger there. Don't need it. Cutting off. I'm talking about pruning disappointment. Pruning, pruning hurt. Pruning, you know, like 
just like things that didn't go quite right. Just, just looking at them when we're tilling and thinking, I need, to, I need to prune that. And often pruning can be in a point of forgiveness, where we literally, we might not have to go to the person, but, you know, that person and that situation, I forgive and I'm letting go into a higher power because God, God is all authority. And I'm, you know, and I know in this, there will be in this, in this place, there'll be people you've been badly hurt by relationships, by, by ex-husbands, ex-wives, partners, children. Badly hurt. But if we hold on to it, we don't, we don't kill them. We actually suffocate us. And forgiveness is a powerful tool that when at the right point we can say, I forgive them because I don't want to be held by that moment. So we prune it, hurt, disappointment, we prune it. And often that, that pruning looks like getting before God and saying, God, help me with this. Because I'm holding on to it. It's part of, it becomes part of your identity. People are like, oh, he was the one who, he was the one who, she was the one who, that. It becomes part of how we're known. But what we do is we, we let go of it. And we, we prune that hurt. We prune that disappointment. We prune that situation. We prune that. So why? Because we want to bear much fruit. Much more abundant fruit. And then we guard, we guard our heart. Oh, sorry, the fourth one. So we've got till, we've got water, we've got prune, and then we've got keep it in the light. So gardeners, again, tell me that if you put a plant, you need a plant, it needs to go in the light. You need to keep it in the light. What, what, what can we learn from this here, about, about this with our heart, about this information, about this, this revelation of staying in God's what We keep it in the light. So uh, keep, keep in the light. All I mean with this, just a really quick statement, stay with Jesus. Three words. Stay with Jesus. You know, when, when, um, when things go bad or things don't often go right, it's easy. I'm, I, I'm very much like this. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to try and do my own thing on it. And what I've learned over the years is stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Because life isn't always going to go the way we expected it. The path we have or we've had isn't always going to be the, the direction but I, I'm following Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Keeping your heart supple, keeping the wellspring where, where it comes, comes out of it. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. God, just, just stay with Jesus. If somebody's going in another direction and says, come with us, just find out, is Jesus in that direction? Because I'm staying with Jesus. If, if, if somebody tries to take you out into something, stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Just, just simple, three simple words. They must be practicing for something. Stay with Jesus. And you can ask yourself the question, at, at, at any moment that I'm out with Jesus, is what I'm doing now with Jesus? Is this situation, this, is this with Jesus? Is where I'm going and this job opportunity or this relationship opportunity, would Jesus be in this? Jesus, are you in this? No. Okay, I'm staying with Jesus. Actually, I feel like I'm giving up an opportunity for, for more, but we don't know what Jesus' more is. Stay with Jesus. And that's where wise counsel comes in. You can literally come and you can speak to someone in your life group or, or, or within your friendship and say, I just feel like I'm going in that. Is, it, is, is this what do you think about it? Is Jesus in it? Let's pray about it. Let's, I don't feel Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. And then lastly, I'm going to finish with this. 
in guarding your heart because it's the wellspring of life. Because it's, it's your heart flows from it. Your heart flows from it. The more that God wants us, he wants us to keep continuing. I felt God speaking to me this morning, this week. He wants us to continually, he wants you to continually live in his more. But our hearts are important. Your heart is important. The Bible says guard your heart, protect your heart, guard and look after the heart. We're told to keep, to tend, keep and guard. Guard your heart. And then there's that last scripture. That last scripture where God says to Adam and Eve, you can, you can have any tree, any tree but this one you know when you're guarding your heart when you want to live in God's more because they lived in God's more they lived in that more there's certain things that you've got to keep away from there's just certain things that you've got to keep away from and I just really felt that this, this, was, this was important as you're walking into your more as you're going into your more as you, as, you, as you each day stepping into the more that God has for you for the amazing things for being a part of seeing lives change for being a part of seeing miracles and healings and the supernatural and the, and the impossible all the things that, that we want to see all the things that we want to tell our children's children's children about oh your grandma was involved in Oh, your granddad, he was, oh, he just followed Jesus and saw incredible things. Those, those stories that we can talk about. Those, those being in that environment and talk to someone who says, if it wasn't for meeting you, I would have never have met Jesus. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for, for being in that workplace and you sharing with me what Jesus has done in your life and you being bold and you being confident and you being courageous in that, I'd have never have found you. I want to live in that more. I want to live in the more of people turning and finding Jesus, of people, you know, being set free from, from bondage, for, for mindsets being shifted, for migraines being, for, for, you know, for people who couldn't have children having children because they trusted in God and prayed and somebody prayed for them. For all, all those things, for having maybe someone in, in time coming to church who cannot see and being prayed for and who goes out being able to see. Can you imagine that? Imagine somebody coming in, oh yeah, I prayed for my friend uh, this week who was blind, and now they can see. That's amazing. But it's not, it's not a hypothetical, it can be a bee. It can be something that we can be a part of. To see somebody maybe depressed or, or, or full of anxiety and find Jesus and his love and be set free from that. That's the more. But we guard our heart because it's the wellspring of life, because we want to continue to live in the more. And, and God says, keep away from some, from some things. I just would really encourage you. I'd really encourage you that these things in the Bible that God says keep away from. Keep away from. Keep away from negativity. Keep, keep away from gossip. Keep away from gossip. Keep, keep away, keep away from, from slander. Keep, a, keep, keep away from, from selfish ambition. 2 Corinthians 12 and 20, I won't put them on screen, but Galatians 5, 22 talk about things that are of, the, of our human nature. So make a note and have a look at them, 2 Corinthians 12, 20 and Galatians 5, 22, things that are of our human nature. That what God says is keep away from them. Because your eyes maybe become open to them and you will surely die. And that's wow. But what God is, he's a protective God. He's a jealous God. He's a passionate God over you. 
and he wants the best and he wants the most and he wants the more for you. He, he's, not, he's not telling Rob and Sarah to keep away from things. He's not telling you to keep away from things or Grace to keep away from things because he's mean and because he's kind of like, he wants to take all the fun out of life and you have to keep away from that and Christian life is boring. He wants to have the best life possible. He wants you to have everything possible. He wants to take all, all your pain and put it on his shoulders and say, live and run free into the more that I have for you. Live and run free into the more and the power and the passion and the purpose that I have for you. Live and run free into that because I've got more. I don't want you to carry these things. I don't want you to focus on these things. I don't want you to be involved in these things because with these things, you'll surely die. But I want you to live. And have a life that's full and abundant and amazing and incredible. And then the, 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 so that the power that is at work within you flourishes out of you. That this power that put the, the earth on its foundations, that rose Christ from the dead, is at work in it. And every day for you can be a day of more. A day of seeing God's more, knowing God's more. That with God all things are possible. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That that power that is within you is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely amazing. And it is absolutely for you. So each day for us can be a day of more. That we can wake up each day thinking, God, what more have you in store for me today? Each day I can wake up going, God, what more are you what more have you got in store for me today? My heart is ready. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. My heart is yours. I am I am looking after it. I am tending it. I am guarding it and I am keeping it. Because that's my responsibility and that's what I will do because I'm passionate to see God's more in and through my life, not just for me, but for others. And I will grow and expand in this. Just stand with me as I finish. I'm just going to pray that we will live the more life. Father, thank you for these incredible people. These amazing people that are in this place this morning. Thank you that they are qualified. That they are available. That they are amazing. That they are incredible. That you marvelously knitted them together in their mother's womb with plans and purposes. That there is so much more for us even today that we can live every day in your more, that the power that is in work within us is absolutely incredible. And I pray for each person. And if, you, if you're just here and you're just thinking, I want to live in God's more, I want to I I tend my heart, just reach out and I'm just going to pray for you. If that's you and you want to, you know, I want to live in God's more, I want to I know what it is to tend my heart. Father, I pray for each person that is reaching out each person that is reaching out that you will bless them Holy Spirit you will help them and show them and so that they would know how to each day tend the garden of their heart so that the wellspring of life just pours out from them for them and for others that they would tend keep and guard their hearts Holy Spirit, and you will help them do that. And I pray a blessing over each person. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Freedom Church, please visit www.freedomchurch.org.uk or you can follow us on Twitter at Freedom Berry.